0: Welcome to Back to Season 2 of Colour Outside the Lines podcast with me, Lisa Hughes, and my very good friend,
1: Joseph Devlin. Thank you, Lisa. This is great to be back here again for Season 2. And today's episode, I am very excited about. This was a very, very, very special experience. We have an amazing guest for you who is going to share her wisdom around uh, the Celtic medicine wheel and the mythology that goes along with it. And I I think, I think you're going to like, you're going to really get a lot from this. I'm super excited and super buzzing about this. Lisa, you you experienced Mari from doing one of her, uh, her courses. Tell me a bit more. Tell us a bit more about
0: Yeah. And a bit of a shout out to Callahan here, who is Mm -hmm. uh, a lovely, fabulous coach and wonderful friend of mine. And Mm -hmm. she is also a friend of Mary's. um, And two, it must be two or three years ago now, where she Mm -hmm. said, uh, Mary was starting off this Celtic wheel course. And Mm -hmm. it was a, it was wisdom Mm -hmm. from Celtic and, um, you know, I'm really interested in that kind of stuff anyway. Mm. And Colette mm. sent it to me and she said, you know, I'm signing up for this and it's a really good idea. It was a general thing that she sent out for people. And I thought mm. that's really mm. interesting. Mm. And we just on spec, I um mm-hmm. I started on, on the Celtic wheel. And the first mm-hmm. call that we had, who mm-hmm. did she start to quote? Only David White, you know, so and you know oh. I have huge background <laughs>
1: Like, You're,
0: this time. is where I belong.
1: You're like <laughs> salt. I yeah. Okay. Great, great. And it, oh, and ex- it was an ex- amazing ex-line.
0: experience. And I mm-hmm. have been talking mm-hmm. to Joseph Murray for such a long time
1: because, mm-hmm.
0: and it was mm-hmm. so lovely to see you like just totally got it with her. Totally, was,
1: totally got it. She was amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The way she speaks and explains a a, a, a spiral topic you know, is, is, is beautiful. And, and I, Mm. and I think, um, she speaks so eloquently and puts the whole, um, the whole journey together in a beautiful, beautiful way. Mm. Um, it felt, it felt like we were kind of talking for 15 minutes, but we could also been talking for like two hours. So I think that was the really beautiful experience that I had. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy it and get a lot from it. We're going to put up a couple of links at, in, in the notes because there's her website and um uh also her, the Celtic her Wheel as well. um, website around the journey that you did yeah the Celtic Wheel mm, yeah yeah yeah
0: and she does run like she does teach yoga and she does run various different retreats when I'm allowed to do that so there's lots of ways to connect with her mm. um mm, I think mm, mm. I think the thing to say is and um, stay with it it because it it, it it sounds kind of mytho- mythological, but it gets really practical as well at the end, because we're talking about how does this sustain us and nourish us? Oh, yeah. That. So it, yeah, you know, yeah, it covers it covers all bases like this one, particularly.
1: It's good sensible stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, and
0: absolutely.
1: very little about boats this week.
0: I, I banned the boats this week. I, I was very explicit about, <laughs> <I> was very <laughs> explicit about that. wasn't. Like, well, uh, I didn't mean to shame Joseph and Mary, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to intervene and be and be firm. I could, and have, boat. No. I could have.
1: I could have. I could have started listing listing some heroes' journeys where there were where there were boats, but I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to mention that. Like, well, I was I was almost Jason worried we were
0: going to look for Celtic place. heroes that had boats. <laughs> I was yeah. like, Stop them right there. <laughs> anyway, we hope that you enjoyed as much as we did. We really yeah. loved it yeah. this one So, yeah, um, yeah. enjoy.
2: Enjoy.
1: So welcome on to this week's podcast, Colour Outside the Lines, with myself, Joseph Devlin, and my good friend, Lisa Hughes. Oh, Thank I you, enjoyed,
2: Joseph.
1: I, I, I jumped in there. Sorry, Lisa. Do you want to introduce You're yourself? You're always doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. Uh, tell lovely. Us, tell to- us who we've
1: got on today, Lisa?
0: Yeah, we've got Well, I'm really excited and this is one yeah. of Joseph was saying you you get to introduce Mary because um we have with us the amazing Mary Kennedy. Today Mary is in true color outside the lines fashion at uh, many things and brilliant at at all of them. She had a big corporate career and but now is really a a share of wisdom and knowledge both and primarily where I came across Mary was in the Celtic Wheel. I did this amazing uh, online course that that Marie shared with women all around the world, which was the most amazing thing about it, was that we had like people from all four corners of the earth um, talking about uh, ancient Celtic wisdom. that even as an Irish person, I knew nothing about, you know, and all these myth, the mythologies and Imbolc and Salon and all of this stuff. Um, and I just found it so enriching and nourishing. And loved it. Mary's also a, a yoga teacher. She can add to any of this as we go. Um, but she has many. She's many and varied talents, and mm. there's lots of ways to access that. That wisdom. Um, but I, we had talked about in last week's podcast, really wanting to share with everybody some tools and some mm. uh, nourishment and sustenance, given the the sound that we're in. And Mari will explain a bit more about sound at the moment uh, to really help to to get us through this time. So. With no further ado, the wonderful Mary Kennedy.
3: Mary, you're really welcome. Thank
0: you. Thank you. It's so
3: lovely to be here. Really lovely. Mm. Yeah. Sit in a- Thanks for taking
0: the time. I know that you've got lots on, but I really appreciate it.
3: So good. Yeah, no, I'm delighted to be here. Always great. And, you know, particularly these times of COVID, it's lovely to sit with two other people and talk about, you know, how, how is it? What What's going on for us and what can we, you know, how can we support each other in this time? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So
0: and so, tell us a little bit about the Celtic wheel in in the. I had no idea that there was this, you know, wonderful kind of, almost calendar of how our ancient peoples and traditions used to, to see the the passing of the seasons.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's such a rich. Wisdom from this country and from you know, all, I mean, so many countries and so many lands have their indigenous wisdom. But I think I had that experience for too when I encountered the wheel for the first time, and I was you know that's over ten years ago. <clears throat>
2: um,
3: so what is the wheel? The wheel was is a calendar left by our ancestors, the Celts and the pre-Celts, um, because they organised themselves. Around nature and nature cycles, so they what they left then was this calendar um, that has eight seasons, which is really attuned to the natural cycles of the the Celtic lands, Celtic territory. So there's very distinct seasons within that. Um, so we've got like four cross quarter days and four solstices and equinoxes. There's so each of those festivals are about six, six and a half weeks in between each other. And they're each of the cross quarter days. So you'll, some of, some of you or your listeners might know some of these names. So Samhain, which begins the year, Imbolc, Bialtana and Lunasa. They are actually the cross quarter days and those were really important to the Celts and they really announce each season. So Samhain is the beginning of winter. Imbolc is the beginning of spring, Bealtaine is the beginning of summer and Lunas is the beginning of, of um, the harvest or of autumn. And then we have the cross-quarter, or we have the the, the festivals, uh, the solstices and equinoxes, which were, so the, the, uh, the cross-quarter days really were the festivals where the, they were agricultural festivals where the tribe and the, the earth were in, you know, were really in relationship. So at these particular thresholds in the year, there was a, there was some activity around the, you know, they marked a particular cycle within the agricultural cycle. They're really known as earth festivals. And then the fire festivals are more the solstices. So that tracks the sun's journey around the planet or, you know, the Mm -hmm. sun's journey. (laughs) Mm around uh, and so it's like we've got you know this winter equinox sorry the winter solstice which is between Samhain and Imbolc so they fall right in the middle between the cross quarter days and they would be the height of the season so the winter solstice is the height of the winter midwinter. spring equinox is mid spring um summer solstice is the height the mid midsummer and then uh, autumn equinox is mid autumn, so they have a rhythm. They have they're like tides, you know. They move in the energy changes at the cross quarter days, and then it heightens at the winter at the solstices or equinoxes, and then it recedes and changes again as the next season. So it's a very much um, a beautiful way of being in the world that is very different to the linear way that we all learned of being in the world, mm-hmm. a linear rational. Um, you know that very much came in with the Enlightenment period, mm. particularly in the Enlightenment, where you know we became as as humanity, we as humans, well, the Western, particularly Western society, we, the mind became very important, and we you lost were very disconnected from nature. Isn't that yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah? And I think that was my big aha. You know, in I remember my teacher saying, "I just come through a really hard, long." wintering of my in of a season in my own life and and i in one of my first retreats she said you know everything starts in the darkness and the celts really understood that and honored that Mm. and it was like this sense of my god like how have i how have i lived on this planet for 44 years and not known that Mm. um And knowing the ease of that, because what it brought Mm. me was a sense of relief and ease in my body Mm. to know that actually death and and destruction and loss is actually not the end. But actually, there is, of course, an ending in it, but there's a beginning in it also. Mm. And to live Mm. from that circular, more circular way of. Which is a more feminine way to live. Uh, And I, I never what's really important for me in this work is that we don't throw out the 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 masculine the rational the linear which it can sound very binary but it's it's also useful i think in a world that's very complex to work with this stuff that actually what i've learned through the wheel is to to marry both that it's a synthesis of of you know the rational linear mind which is so important and brought us great progress and allows us to be on zoom here together Mm -hmm, and mm connect with each other Mm. and a great benefit to us but it also had its it because we 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 picked that pole up or that that side of the street we walked on that side of the street and didn't go over we left we threw the baby out with the bathwater, which which meant Mm. we disconnected from other ways of knowing that are really connect us with the earth and with nature and the cosmos. And for me, even the myths that we disconnected from myths, we created a myth around, you know, that, that, you know, we're, we're born, we live, we get jobs, we mm. get married, we, you know, have children, we mm. uh, retire, we may be divorced, we retire. Mm. We, that was the kind of way we lived and then we die, you know, and it's like very mm. linear and not taking really into account that there are cycles within cycles within spirals within cycles sometimes we move in a linear way and need to do that and other times we also need to access this part of us that knows that there's there's something bigger at work
1: here Mm.
3: so that's I could go on forever as
1: you can imagine I I could go on listening to you <laughs> yeah. for, forever and and I'm sitting here and I'm like I, I really don't want to interrupt you because I'm really exactly. fascinated really fascinated by these cycles and by the way that you describe them uh, so well and I'm 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 interested in, and and I'm really um, um fascinated by this idea of of myth and mythology and i think you've touched on it like that modern myth like you say the one that we we may be um we're we're attuned to is the kind of do good in school and then go to university or on to something else and then go and be a a, kind of productive member of society buy a house get married have children get a tax number you know get it get a good pensionable what do they call it? Permanent permanent, pensionable position. And then, you know, do, do, The do, difficulty
0: with which you
2: said those words. Tells
0: did us you, it did did the you notice
1: them choke? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I heard that resistance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm glad you still picked that up over, over zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Permanence or, or, or whatever that might mean. Um, I, I'm but interested.
3: I another hmm. P to that because yeah. it's all based on perfection.
1: Oh, i love it! Love yeah. it! Um, oh, I love it! Yeah,
3: yeah. And that yeah. there's an ethic of perfection there that isn't that that is so hard to live up to, mm. you know. Yeah, and it's someone else's
0: perfection as well. It's not mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. haven't defined it. You haven't mm-hmm. gotten to 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 shape it mm. it's that everybody else has these expectations for you and yeah. and even if you do tick the box suddenly it all changes it's like you're you're never perfect enough right yes Oh so true
1: yeah yeah i'm i'm interested in what what you have gleaned from your journey and and what the other mythology like what the what the what is the other the other side of the street i love that analogy what's the what's the other side of the street got for us because i think a load of people that I know are really comfortable with the linear like reduction kind of modern way of that, you know, cerebral intellectual brain kind of side. Mm. I'm really interested on, on what's your take on on the other side of the, the street.
3: Yeah. I mean, the other side of the street is, is a it, um, it's more connected to the soul, of the world that you know, or the depth psychology, or you know, lots of things that bring us into it's like the where we're working from a worldview that is wholesome, our whole not wholesome as wrong word. Uh, it's like um, everything is connected, the interconnectedness of everything. Um, you know, in the on the side of the street, which is has come from that more rational way of thinking. Um, and science and the brilliance of all of that, it, it fragmented us. It separates us. We're pieces, we're pieces of cogs and, Mm -hmm. um, and the patriarchal system that also, you know, was part of that. Mm -hmm. It does fragment, it separates it one up, you know, power over um, one Mm -hmm. up uh, us and them, all of that. Um, So that's, that's what I think perfection, that ethic of perfection brings, you know, and puts a lot of things, denies a lot of who we really are in the mm-hmm. shadow. We can't be human. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, creates that dominant, dominance, uh, dominator. Mm-hmm. You know, we're dominant over nature, we're we're disconnected. So mm-hmm. then on the other side of the street is where everything is connected. And there's loads of different ways of, and schools of, of thought and ways of describing that. But one of them that makes sense for me is that, animus mundi that soul of the world where mm-hmm. you know everything and this is where the celts and any ancient people that had you know were of in that evolutionary stage where everything was connected because they lived so close to nature and so they were of course deeply connected knew that felt that everything um had a sacredness to it. That's that side of the street. And they also were then, because they were so close to nature and the earth-based religions or the earth-based spirituality of that time, they also, you know, they, they lived a new cycle. So they had to live with, you know, as you were saying, Lisa, what's happening in the world right now? The mythology, mm-hmm. we don't have a myth now. We try and explain everything to science. So coronavirus comes and... You know, we have to fight it and beat it and war over it. And that's really important. And going down the science route and all these scientists coming together, wonderful. But what about the part of me that needs to make meaning of it that doesn't have me afraid? That's where a myth can really help us to, you know, so the myth, like we are in the shamanic descent in in, in how my Celtic, dna can interpret this time is there is a natural descent that happens at times in any cycle it's a destruction it's in every like it through yoga you know you know this through yoga like Kali is the go- the goddess of destruction she comes along and she's got her you know all her skulls and
2: mm-hmm.
3: she she's ripping up what is no longer serving and in the celtic tradition we've the kalyuk hag she's the same energy the same archetypal energy which is she shakes you and says you can no longer live like this she creates a disruption in your life or at the moment it's in the life of in humanity so it's a for the first time ever apart from i suppose when we had the nuclear bomb Mm -hmm. this is the first time we've all every single human on the planet is affected and Mm -hmm. Kali or Kalyuk is shaking us and saying you cannot live like this and And so there's a massive collapse of a system as I see it. And this is how I make sense. And I think, as you say, Joseph, like mythology, we're always, there's always myths. There's always narratives. We're at a time in this post truth world where there are so many narratives. There is a crisis in narrative and different narratives are vying for each other, against each other. So where do we find our own myth in that and what makes sense and what's our truth. And it's a really confusing time to be Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and discombobulating mm -hmm. time to be on the planet, Never mind with coronavirus on top of it, you know? So I don't know if that speaks to what's on the other side of the street, Mm -hmm. but I certainly know when I, when I drop into that different way of knowing, not just a scientific way of knowing, but a different way of knowing that, that, can i can connect into the a bigger myth that connects the cosmos and the earth and the humans then something in me really softens and i can go the long haul because i know it's just a bigger overarching cycle that's happening that yeah the uh, it's not i'm not so threatened within that
2: mm.
3: it's not that it's not scary but i'm not i'm less threatened
0: Feels less like an attack and more like a natural phenomenon, almost. That you know, if we stop our fighting and our resisting, and relax into it. As you said, soften. Then
3: that just
0: might sustain us as
3: we go through it. Well, if nothing else, it'll help our immune system not be. You know, I mean that alone. But I mean, it's very hard when the mind and the body has gone into the threat system and the vagus nerve is on high alert and you know and that's where science and the modern and the the ancient have so much to offer us together so it's not like you mm. will sit where you know i'm not going to sit in a tree and say well you know coronavirus is fabulous and this is a great way of but i can hold both narratives i can you know mm. i can, my narrative can be bigger than just this mm sense of well you know we have to fight it and we have got to you know we're all in fear because that's true but what is also true is that if we take a step back and we look at our evolutionary frame in an evolutionary framework we'll also see that there's something much bigger at work here. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested nice. also
0: because one of the reasons I wanted Joseph to meet you is just that and it's a bit of a joke between myself and Joseph he has this well, there's the boat fixation, but let's not go down that road, Joseph. He, he has, has a boat and, and he's very fond of meeting boat, boating analogies. So we're all sailing on the ocean and finding safe harbors. Gets really, <laughs> It's really old, really fast. But one of the things that you love is the hero's journey, which I thought was, there was real parallels between the Celtic wheel and the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just maybe say more about that with Marie. I'd, I'd love to... Here you both kind of expand on those possibilities of connection
1: um, I um, I really like the way that Mari speaks about this is cyclical this is a spiral mm. and that's similar to the idea that I have gleaned and what gives me meaning understanding is the hero's journey so the the, the normal, way of being in the normal way of of existing is is disrupted and that time begins to finish if you like and then there is a a call to adventure which may or may not involve a boat (laughs) there are many heroes journeys that do involve and there are many who, who do not so that's not an essential part but you know a good a good one will involve a will involve a boat at some point um where the hero is called to a journey and and this terminology this descent like that's a really big part of the hero's journey like the descent piece into the unknown into the darkness or into the winter time that really resonates with the teaching that i've experienced and and really really loved is that idea of um the the falling into or the 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 going into and, and and um and, and that that is a myth in itself. The hero's journey is referred to sometimes as as the monomyth. You know, the,
2: yeah.
1: the 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 if you like the the big theme in a lot of these old ancient um stories and myth was was all it, it all kind of combined, or there was a lot of um threads that were all so similar. And and um that that seems to resonate a lot with me in terms of this idea of of the of the Kali, the, 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 Kaliak. And I love that imagery. Some of the temples in in India have Kali depicted and, and, or a version of Kali, which I think is Durga. Is that right? Mm. And like, she's, she's scary. Like she is like often the ones I've seen, she's depicting holding, holding the, the kind of hair of her victims and of their headless. Well, their heads of their bodiless heads, if that <laughs> makes sense. And then she's standing on the, on the, on the corpse, if you like. And the first time you see one of them and often they're like in double size, you know, she's three or four times as big as a human. And you might kind of walk into a space and see that it's really like the impact of that is like, Whoa, like that's really extreme. Um, and, and I, I, I was interested on this idea because, because that, that creative or sorry, that destructive force is, can also be quite creative. Like there is a, there is an essence of that is creative. Like we need that within any cycle to then allow something else to, to birth. Um, I'm interested in, I'm interested in more of your understanding of the other archetypes or the other phases of, of that, if that's, if that's, um,
3: yeah, Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, it's totally relevant. It's mm. like, you know that um, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. Mm, 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 you know, it's again, it was one of those maps. That's what I how I approached the Celtic wheel. It's like a map
2: mm. in,
3: these ter- in this territory that we mm. can really use,
2: mm.
3: and whole likely. Um, and Campbell's hero's journey was like that. And and I'm also, you know, would also be of the opinion that the heroine's journey is something separate, even though Campbell didn't believe that.
2: Mm. Um,
3: and I would say how I work with the Celtic wheel is because I'm a woman in this mm-hmm. body. It's a heroine's journey. And mm. I feel it's more labyrinthine rather than, you know, the circle in Campbell's heroes. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. So, so I'm interested in this. Can you, can you tell us a bit more about this? Cause we've had some of the hero's journey in one of the other episodes. So I'm really interested about the heroine's journey.
3: Well, I, I have a sense that from my own journey and from, you know, I coach a lot of women. Um, so I see patterns in me mm-hmm. and in them mm-hmm. and, and in doing the Celtic wheel, it's universal. It's not just cultural, you know, it's not just Irish, um, it, that are, and this comes, and I'll answer your question about the following, you know, what follows on from the descent, mm. the labyrinth, you know, if we look at eight seasons and eight <clears throat> going on a journey through eight seasons, even if it's in a circle, actually, if we approach it, like, often we'll approach it from a goal-oriented straight line. It's like you un, uncircle the circle and make it into a straight line. We go, okay, we go to sound and then we go to... You know, we we'll do our wintering, and then we we'll go into spring, new beginnings, and then. So when I started to do it, I realized, hang on, actually, what happens in the descent for a lot of us women, and it may be the same for men. I'm just not sure. Um, is that we are, you know, called to adventure, brought into that initiation of loss, disruption. Your life is thrown upside down, or you mm.
2: lose,
3: lose a baby, or you get mm. a diagnosis, or mm. you lose your job, or whatever. You're you're invited into initiation, called to adventure, to shift up your life in some way, and then you you will go, or you have no choice. But then you want to be in spring really quickly, so you will yeah. do, avoid that you won't go into the full descent. You I, I know why I'm saying it in the second person. I, this was yeah. my journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got this like really kick up the ass in my late 30s and mm-hmm. everything kind of had to fall apart. Except my health and then my health kind of fell apart and then I still wasn't listening because I was, I you know, I thought, oh yeah, okay, this is my journey. I have to change my life. I'm going to shift my life. But actually at the back of my head or maybe not that far back, I was just approaching life exactly the same thing. It just, I wasn't in the corporate world or in the high performance world. I was in the yoga world, but I was still approaching it as if I was. Mm -hmm. So I was refusing Mm -hmm. to go into the descent. Mm -hmm. You know, my marriage was over and within six weeks, I was in a, a relationship again. So I was refusing to go into the dark night of the soul to to drop into the, to be taken down and, and find and go into what becomes an existential, a place of existential questioning and sounds really scary. And it, it feels like it's really scary. But what we learn is you learn that you will go to spring. You will, like any system that's trying to change or one that's in change, it wants to go back to what it knows. So I kept wanting to be in spring, like, okay I've done all my work I'm showing up I'm doing my yoga so when is when is like when's my life going to start again and it's like no that's not how and that's why I feel this is a very feminine part of the cycle from Samhain to Bialtana which is in from October to May it's the dark half of the year and the feminine works really slowly she doesn't let you it's not straight lines it's so it's very labyrinthine so you know in a labyrinth when you're the centre and you can go in and you can think you're at the centre mm. but you're miles from the centre mm. and then you're like out at the edges and you think you're miles from the centre and you're practic, that, you know, you're within hollering difference, uh, mm. difference of the centre. So that's what it felt like to me. So as we, I'll, I'll just go through the, the journey and I, I'm going to speak it in a li- linear way but actually mm. know as I speak it that we, we visit they don't follow each other system- mm-hmm. systematically all the time, that you might be in Samhain and fall into Beltana and then suddenly be back in Samhain again. Mm-hmm. But the the you start from Samhain, which is everything starts in the darkness, that moment of descent, that call to adventure, initiation, something just doesn't go the way you want it in your life or you're mm-hmm. in a place of questioning. Then you're brought into, if you do, if you're willing to, Really stay in the discomfort and drop allow yourself to feel the discomfort and of not knowing of not knowing who the hell you are anymore you drop into the winter solstice and at that moment is you've dropped yourself right into the void, which is the most fecund time because. The universe doesn't like a void. It'll fill it with possibilities. But most of us are afraid of being in the not knowing, which is where our, where we are right now in humanity. So we're entered the dark night of the soul. And as you stay in the, the dark night of the soul, what happens, like in Newgrange, in our great, uh, beautiful monument of Newgrange, it's like the dark night of the soul. We're in that chamber in the dark. And then on the moment of the winter solstice, A beam of light is gently penetrates the darkness. And suddenly we have a return of the sun, a return of the light. And it's that moment that is very, barely perceivable. That actually it's at the the moment of our darkest, deepest moment is when the, the summer solstice is born. That's when we start that journey. So we move then from that into a time of dream time. Between winter solstice and Imbolc where you're just sitting with all the possibilities. You're you're still not moving out. You're still staying very deep like the seeds in the earth. Mm-hmm. There's barely, you can't perceive any outward activity, but there's stuff happening. And you're in a place of deep listening. And then as you move into Imbolc. You're starting to get really clear about, well, of all the possibilities, what am I going to choose? So there's a little bit more masculine energy in there, where we've been in really deep feminine in winter. As spring comes, it's like you you begin to sharpen your focus and make choices. What am I going to pay my, what am I going to actually? What are my intentions for this cycle? What am I call them fiery arrows? Because Bridget is the fiery arrow, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, what fiery arrows am I going to choose? And so that's in bulk, new beginnings, possibilities, beginnings, and you're gathering your energy to put behind it and make choices. And then as you come into the autumn or the spring equinox, you have all these desires that arise. So the the equinoxes are about the opposites so if you've got desires you're going to have fears so that's how I work with that it's like there's that you work with the equal night equal day masculine feminine mm-hmm. or equal and then as we come into Bialtana, um, it's the the you know it's the body your body what's budding. Mm-hmm. and this is a place that I find both Samhain and Bialtana are are big thresholds because this is if you think about nature, this is all, of course, reflection of nature. So what's budding in your life, what's new in your life? And that's a time that you you really have to take risk and step out. And then you move into the summer solstice where you're, you know, where everything is in full blossom. You're now at Bealtaine, you step into the bright half of the year, the Samos half, the masculine half of the year. You're out in action Outward, the outward spiral is happening. You've been inward spiraling until Bialthana. And then you come through into Lunasa where you're harvesting your learnings, just like in the, the tribe we're harvesting. I work a lot with joy around, around Lunasa as well and our capacity for joy. And then we go into um, the autumn equinox, which is the closing, moving towards the closing, letting go, moving back into the darkness, closing of the circle as you open a new circle into and and go deeper into the spiral. So it's mm-hmm. it's it is that journey. But any of those things, they don't happen beautifully, perfectly, unmessily, elegantly. They just you can be thrown back into sound. You're in Belton, and you just can't go out in the world and take a risk. Yeah, you're just like no, it's too much, and suddenly you're like, oh, back in sound because you're yeah. with your failure or something, you know.
1: Kind of, kind of a snakes and ladders kind of experience, it's where beautiful. instead I love of it being it. Yeah. a lovely, yeah, there's kind of sometimes you're you're shot up or down depending on the the roll the roll the roll of the dice, if you like, yeah.
3: That's such a great analogy. Yeah,
1: gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: You're talking to a man who was born on the winter solstice or near the winter day before, wasn't it? Just December
1: twenty. Um, December twenty first. Okay. Um, but I was born on that's for me. That's a summer solstice.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because I was born in New Zealand, but
2: right. yeah, ah,
1: over, okay. over here. Yeah, that's. Mm. Um, I think this. I think the winter solstice is in and around that kind of twentieth, twenty-first kind of time. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of. Um, is it pronounced? You're gonna to have to correct me on on how I pronounce this. Is it Br- a brewer and Bruer Nibonia?
3: Nibonia, Bru- Bru- yeah, Nib- yeah. Bru is
1: that the way? Yeah, yeah, which which is I think the bend in the boin. Is that right? Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah. I don't know actually what that. What, what, um. Uh, Banius. Banius.
1: Banius.
0: Banius. I should know I was going to say if the Kiwi is telling us Banius,
3: <laughs> Banius, <laughs> but hey, probably not Banius. I've finally you know doing this work is part
1: of
0: that so one of the things that's really interesting in terms of this this wonderful and the thing that I heard you say Anna, and at the moment that you said it I was like oh that's what I was feeling in my body was this wanting to be in spring, not being able to stay in the winter solstice, knowing that this is, you know, the, as you said, the most second time of the year. This is where the stuff gets laid down when the void is there. This is when, you know, if if we stay with it, it can be such a, such a rich time for us, right? But I could feel it in my bones of like... No, I want to be, and be able to Help us, Mari. What are we supposed to do with this? And when will it be over? And when can we come out of this?
3: And the thing, the question, uh, what are we supposed to do? Um, we're we're here to not do in, in this mm-hmm. time. I mean, and that's very, you know, you can interpret that in many ways. But, you know, in each of the seasons, there are gifts and invitations. Uh, and the invitation of... Or practices you know the invitation of sowing to winter solstice which I think or I really feel is where we are I think we're at the winter solstice to be honest in in terms of the bigger cycle of humanity um, is to stay can I stay and feel the discomfort you know I mean we're all feeling it now on this mm-hmm. third lockdown I was mm-hmm. in the kitchen yesterday and I just got this sense of like oh Flat. This is so I'm so flat. Mm. Because we're all like if you think of a long-term relationship, Mm. you know, you have the hormone PEA that is like lasts for three months and then it kind of gets a bit flat, and you have to kind of jizz it up a bit. We're always looking for a bit (laughs) of like, give me a bit of novelty, give me something. Mm. No novelty, everything is confined. So we're in a crucible, and in that. I think the crucible was the crisis of last year cuz in that there is an excitement there is a threat that we're like oh my god what's happening but there's a there is a not knowing and in that moment,
1: at least it was new
3: it was new and now it's yeah. not new and it's long, no. long so so to me it's it's can we stay it's a bit like what I learned in mindfulness can i when i'm doing the body scan mm-hmm. it's not actually to, mm-hmm. to relax me it's because in the body scan my boredom comes up My agitation comes up. Mm -hmm. Can I find the resources within me to allow that to be part of my human experience? And that is, I think, the invitation of this time. And that's not easy at all. But it's how. So, what do we do? So, it's it's just I get curious. That's my biggest piece. Is can I just be curious that I'm standing in the kitchen? And I'm I'm feeling like deadened and low. So I go to my body and I where is it in my body? Mm-hmm. And I notice. And maybe I'll go and write about it. or may, But I just go in and become an apprentice to that mm-hmm. rather than have the narrative, which is, oh, this is awful. This is, oh, this is, how long more is it going to go on? And then you suddenly find you're in. And then I wonder, will my mother be okay? And I haven't seen her for like, three months and oh my God, this is terrible. When is this all going to end? And suddenly you're gone into the catastrophic thinking. So Mm -hmm. I I suppose one of the things I would say is how do we stay? Because really what we've been asked to do is surrender to what's here. And in Mm -hmm. surrender, you'll always meet resistance. So it's like, can I get really curious about my resistance? Like I want to fight with my, you know, sister or on the phone, she's triggered me or uh, you know, things like that. Just we're all on much more of edgy, edginess. Um, and just I think when you're on this path, you're just on a path of being curious and kind to yourself and kind to the part. Like I'm just human. I want someone to come and entertain me. I want to go out and have a bit of crack with my friends. Uh-huh. I want to eat delicious food not food i've made yet again (laughs) you know so it's it's a really really intense time for people Mm. who don't like intensity that Mm. deadness and boredom is intense Mm. if i really go into it it's an intense Mm. uncomfortable so that's one of the things is is curiosity and kindness and and what narrative are you holding around it like can you bring it into a bigger narrative and so your myth the myth of your life and the life of all of us together yeah because it's gonna what that's what's gonna actually create the world we're the next world we're creating you know are my state can i shift my state stay with it until it shifts rather than try and yeah try and eat the, the half the chocolate cake that's in the because I'm
1: just like, <laughs> in order to try and fast forward to, to the end, mm, to get, yeah. to get to the spring, to get to the new. Yeah.
3: And, and spring is just that energy. It's like energy mm. rising. So mm. in, in darkness, there's no, nothing to hold on to. Mm. There's no mm. handrails. There's nothing, mm. you know, and it's just sameness. Mm. And so we, for those of us, cause we've lived in an overstimulated world, it's very hard to sit in the void and nothing and not knowing. So,
0: yeah. One of the, yeah, one of the big impacts um, that the Celtic Wheel had on me, I, I'm a big fan of David White, always have been, but it was when you connected that Sweet Darkness poem yeah. to sound for me, that I really kind of, and I brought it up because it's, it's just, it kind of summed up to me everything that like you kind of opened up for me in that in that Celtic wheel of sometimes it takes darkness and the sweet confinement of your aloneness to learn anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. And it's that question, isn't it, that curiosity of if you're feeling resistance for Bealtaine, for Imbolc, for the new beginnings, what is it that brings you alive? Can you step out of this linear narrative myth that you've created of I have to do these things and earn this money and have this job and do this partner and stay in my lane? But really and truly, can I come into my body and examine my own life? Yeah. And ask myself what brings me alive and connect into that so that I can bring that out of this might feel so sweet darkness at the moment. Say it's kind of flat, but you know, if if it's for something, if it's for anything, surely it has to be for that question to be able to sit with that question.
3: Yeah, and it's that capacity to sit, and and as you say, look, take stock, and in any, death is the great leveler. You know, is mm. what really matters to me. You know, I mm. I, I know that certainly. People, I, my friends, and people I talk to, like our values are shifting radically in this death mm. phase, because yeah. as Eckhart, uh, or not Eckhart, uh, Meister Eckhart would say that the soul learns by subtraction, not from addition. And so, mm. to me, it's a time where we're resoling, we're insoling the world again, which was lost. Mm. And so, to when I start to live from those depths, mm. it's. A lot of stuff that I know that I had in my life, I don't need anymore. Mm. You know, even it, my clothes, I can see. Mm. Jesus, like,
0: I saw. Well, anything with a button or a zip, completely <laughs> unnecessary as far
2: as <laughs> <concerns>.
3: Exactly. New <laughs> pants forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still like the style, but I want it to be comfortable. Oh, sure. You know,
2: yeah.
3: And so too. Yeah, so I love that, Lisa. It, that and, and I had that experience and I heard that poem first. It was, I was right in my darkness. It just mm. resonated. Oh, wow, that's, I just have to follow. What is it that brings me alive? Yeah. Not in an overstimulated kind of living the dream, the illusion of dream kind of way, but in a, a way that um, really brings me alive, brings my soul alive, my depths, you know?
1: Mm. Mm. There's a big piece for me there about that passion piece like where is that real like passion that zest for um for life like I think that's the that's the piece which 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 maybe maybe we feel that in springtime but that's that's kind of developed in the darkness isn't it
3: mm. the potency of that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. is in is is when we can stay yeah
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah and to so not to rush to it to get it to the
0: front so that it has that depth that you're talking about my right, to stay with it so we can really connect to what's real rather than as you say the excitement of something new and novel and distraction mm-hmm.
3: yeah I and mean, you know i've what i've seen is and, and heard from so many fathers is like wow i've time with my kids and how the kids are responding to that and i know there's loads of people with that have having the solitude or things have got actually less, but they've got more. But even people not having to travel to work, having more Mm. time with their kids, Mm. like that's so, that's utterly life-changing for little systems that are learning how to be in the world, you know? It's Mm. amazing. Mm. Um, And there's so many gifts. And I think people are afraid to talk about the gifts of COVID. I think that's Mm. another kind of myth that isn't been talked about and you know part I feel it I go well I don't have kids and I don't have that pressure so I shouldn't really say like the COVID has brought so many gifts to me but it, I I will say it now publicly um, mm. yeah COVID has I, I I, do want to sit down and write out the gifts that I've got from this pandemic um, and I, I, I'd I, love to hear more of that and that's mm. really going outside the lines mm. it's a mm. kind of it's mm. a lot of suffering absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i and I, I i mean i've had that too but mm. also so many gifts yeah mm. Mm. feel
1: that that's a narrative that isn't getting uh airtime if you like it's not it's not getting to to see the light is actually the the uh, the learnings that are coming through for people yeah
0: yeah mm. 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 Would you believe that we're almost out of time? It feels like we only started talking about five minutes ago. I could talk for another hour on this. It's always so fascinating. such a joy to talk to you, Marie. Um, Is there anything that we we should have asked you that we didn't Is there anything anywhere you'd like to go or anything you'd like to say to everybody out there who's feeling a little bit flat and a little bit...
3: I yeah, I mean I I trusted our wandering um where we went. Mm-hmm. Um I would say to anybody who, you know, who's out who's struggling that, you know, it is it's a deeply humbling experience. Um the struggle comes from our resistance. And that's the first place that we'll all struggle, and I do it on a daily basis. And I know then when I'm struggling, oh I'm not, there's something I'm not that I'm resisting. And to just get curious about your resistance and about mm-hmm. suffering comes, you know, as the, the Buddhists say, you know, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. And it's the suffering that comes because of something happens, we don't like it, we don't want it like this, mm-hmm. and we struggle against it and we push it against it and say no. And it's like, how we? how do you find, and we all have different ways of finding, can we have a, a yes that holds, that's big enough to hold the no. And for Mm -hmm. me, that's I go out sometimes in nature hard. Sometimes there's so many people around. Um, Sometimes it's just, I need to sit, put on a bit of music. Let myself dance to it. Sometimes it's, I need to be quiet or I need to just journal, but it's something, if I find um, there's a resistance, I feel the best thing to do is to just go towards it, lean into it, ask it, what is it? Where is it? Like, where is it in my body? get curious about it write about it give it expression because we often we we judge ourselves for having the resistance so we think mm-hmm. oh I shouldn't be so like it's like a voice inside me I just go can I give it expression in some way whether it's I dance mm-hmm. it or I speak it or I write it and that will liberate it you know it'll liberate some of it because we're in in communication whether right? we're in relationship mm-hmm. with it so I think that's one of the pieces breath is great like People are, we're all in the threat system and that's very heightened. So breath, but again, breath isn't accessible to everybody. So it's really about getting to know yourself more and what brings, soothes your threat system. What brings Mm -hmm. you soothing? That's, I mean, of course, the glass of wine might bring the soothing and that's fine, (laughs) but maybe not five glasses of wine (laughs) because the soothing will be gone. Damn, you're no fun. (laughs) But to just consciously work with well, if I keep repeating yeah. a pattern, what's going on, get really curious mm. about your patterns, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost kind of
0: just paying attention to yourself, right? It's that basic thing. Can't even get curious unless you, you pay yourself some attention and we're so busy, I think, pleasing other people sometimes that we don't we don't yeah. bring the same level of attention to ourselves.
3: And it's hard, you know, when we pay mm-hmm. attention to ourselves, we will find things we don't like and we'll so it's not easy, sure. but mm. uh, yeah, I think we got to stop fixing, protecting, and mm. pleasing others. Mm. Uh, but as a as a former, or I don't even know if it's former, but as a <laughs> someone who did that pretty much regularly on a daily basis, um, it's mm. not easy. But it's, it's so liberating when you do. Mm. I think we're all
0: recovering fixers, mm. pleasers, yeah. Mm. Yeah, oh, Mary. Thanks so much for your time. I've I've just gotten so much out of this conversation, and I think our yeah. listeners are going to get mm. an awful lot of sustenance and nourishment, and and practical things to do as well. Put the absolutely. music on, have a dance.
2: Mm.
1: Um, can I? I'll ask, leave
0: the last word with Joseph. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Can I ask where can people find you if they want to find out more about you? read or get in touch what's the what's the best media or, or um way
3: the best really is my website mary kennedy.com mm-hmm. which is being a, being upgraded at the moment but it's i mean it's there but um uh, mm-hmm. that or the celtic com, either those yeah excellent excellent so,
0: mary is M A R I K E N
2: N E D Y. Mm. So just some
0: good fun, Funny spellings of m- m- Mari, I'm not the best Speller myself
1: <laughs> All kinds of, ends Me up too. in all kinds
0: of places <laughs> mm. yeah. Uh, yeah And if anybody's thinking of it I'd really Recommend the, the Celtic Reel I know that you start every year in kind of October when it comes up to Sam. Yeah,
3: October, yeah mm around right, september it's, probably,
0: yeah it's a journey of kind of, <laughs> of around around the wheel for a year with like the most amazing women and mm-hmm. as amazing as as maria is we actually we just ended up learning more from each other and connecting with each other almost than we did absolutely uh, you know steeped in the myth so i highly
3: recommend mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Love it. thank you so
3: much, much. Mari. Thank time. you both And yeah. thank you for daring To step outside the lines And bring the rest of us With you yeah. mm. Well let's hope we, we might be bringing Some of them dragging And screaming but-, <laughs> <laughs> but as long as Every now and again We step back in In behind <laughs> the lines too. Mm. Yeah <laughs> We'll dance in and out Brilliant Thanks so much Thank you Brilliant. So good to chat to you Thanks so much Thank you